As I'm sitting here working on my world building for the upcoming sci-fi project that I'm working on, I find myself using Story Planner to do a lot of my preliminary world building. And that's funny because that's not what it was originally intended to be used for. So I thought I would take some time today and talk to you about using Story Planner for world building. It's a wonderful app and it helps you organize your thoughts. Because if there's anything that we know about world building, getting organized is the hardest part of it. So let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, And today, we're going to be talking about Story Planner and how I use it for my first draft of world building. Now, I feel like I should start, before we get into any of this, by saying this is not a sponsored episode. They have given me no money. In fact, I have given them money because I bought the software a long time ago. And I love it so much, and I use it a lot, and... I thought that it would be an interesting topic for discussion. So, yeah, there we go. But before we get into all this, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everybody who's already done that. And if you haven't already maybe think about subscribing or following or whatever they call it in the app. I do this five times a week, and I would love to have you along for the journey. Alrighty, so Story Planner. What I love about Story Planner is that I can use it both on my phone and on my laptop, and it syncs back and forth effortlessly between the two. So when I'm out and about, which is rare, I can use it if I get an idea. Or if I'm on break or away from my laptop or I don't feel like going over to my laptop, I can just pull out my phone, add in whatever came to mind, and I know that it will be there the next time I open my laptop and my story continues. That feature alone makes this one of my favorite story apps of all time. And I've tried so many. I've tried all of them and I'm not going to badmouth any of them right now, but... I really like how this one works, and I hope you do too. So what I'm actually going to be doing is going through the various tabs in Story Planner and talking about how I use them for both world building and for development of the story itself. Because what I write in here is draft, and it's continuous draft. So what that means is, when I fill in something once, as I'm working through, I will occasionally go back and reread and do edits, revisions, and sometimes even change so the story can grow and develop organically throughout the process. So in the first tab, once you've created your project, you have the project tab. Now the first thing is the title. 
I like to give all of my work a um, temporary title. Sometimes it does follow it all the way through to the release. Sometimes it doesn't. And the importance of the title here for me is it's the shortest way for me to conceive of the story. It's beyond the elevator pitch. It's beyond the high concept. It is the simplest image or idea for what the story is going to be. Now, they also let you put in tags. I'm not too big on that. But the next two are important. The storyline or premise. Now, your storyline or premise should be short. This is the elevator pitch. What is the elevator pitch for this project? In total, the whole thing. And this is important because when you're working on a very elaborate project, like the ones that I'm doing right now, it's easy to get lost in the, I don't want to say sprawling because that has negative connotations to it, but the elaborate length to which the story goes in following disparate characters in disparate locations as they're working towards the goal. Now, my premise, I try to keep short and sweet because it's the premise that should be, for me at least, in this developmental stage, the, the theme, the idea that is going to be embodied in all of the stories that come out. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. In the topic section, this is where I would like to put in what John Truby in his book on story anatomy calls the design principle. The design principle, he says, is the theme line, the view of right and wrong action in the story. Stated in one sentence, as you look again at the design and principle focus on the key actions and their moral effects. Because we need to make sure that the story feels consistent. Now, that doesn't mean that all the characters are going to act in the same way. That doesn't mean that all the characters are going to share the same morality. But narratively speaking, we should be keeping some sense of what the morality of this world is, what the design principle of this world is. If violence is wrong and we have violent characters, how do the rest of the world react to that? Simplifying that down to one sentence is important and having it there with you throughout the process. Now, summary is where I put in some of my broader ideas for what the story could be and notes. Well, guess what? That's where I put in notes. Now, this next tab to me is where Story Planner really shines, and that's the character tab. Characters are so important to your story, and especially if you're doing a science fiction or a fantasy setting, there's more than just the people that you should be considering characters in your story. And this is one of the things that I love about Story Planner, is it lets me designate those things. So when you're creating your character, you first give them a name. You then give them a function in the story. This could be simple, like protagonist or antagonist. It could be the confidant. It could be the sidekick. But in the flexibility that this app gives you, you're allowed to add different words to this for their role in the story. So since my work generally reflects a more wuxia-like underworld, 
then it's important for me to track the various sects of the galaxy. So I'm, allowed, I'm able to create a story role that is sect. I'm also allowed to create a story role that's species. Now these will function differently within the setting. I also have a story role for state, because sometimes a nation will play a part as a character, maybe in the background, maybe up front and center, and maybe it will actually play that role through a character. But even if it doesn't, if they're on a planet with a government, it's important to understand the nature of that government and treat it as you would a character, even if we're not going to be interacting with the law enforcement or the actual administrators. You may not need to know the governor's name, but you, it would be valuable for you to know how the government reacts to the kinds of people that you're having in your story. And being able to write all of that up as a character and being able to track it as a character through your story is very helpful. You then get to give your character an age, an outer goal, in other words, how they present to the world, what they're wanting, their inner goal, what they actually want, their physical description, their psychological description, their evolution through the story, their biography, and notes. Now, all of this is so important when you're doing world building, especially, especially when you're looking at designing species, designing nations, designing any kind of group or association. It's even more important if you're designing a monster or a beast that's going to be running around your ship. If you're doing alien, for example, since that's one of my favorite things, it's important to understand the psychology of the xenomorph. They're secretive. They're elusive. They're stalkers. They hide in the shadows and strike only when they feel that they have advantage. That's a psychological profile that's very important to know. And why having them attack in large groups to do terrible, dastardly things to other people doesn't quite work in an alien film because it's different from the psychology that we've come to know of the xenomorphs. So keeping track of that so that you can keep yourself consistent is really important. Also, when you then go to World Anvil or wherever else you do your deep world building, it gives you a firm foundation on which to build out those ideas and continue them so that your species, your states, your cities, your creatures, no matter how outlandish they may appear to be, have some kind of grounding in how they act, how they react, and how they work within your setting. The character tab is the one that I personally use for the vast majority of my world building because I need to know the idea of the place. I need to know the idea of the people. I need to be able to think about them as fully fledged as I can. And it's a place that I go back to regularly as I'm working on my story and figuring out, oh wait, actually I need them to do this so that's going to affect their psychology and be able to go back and forth and back and forth so I can really make these characters feel alive. It's also a good place where you can look at the various groups and peoples that you're putting into your setting and making sure that they're not too same-same or, honestly, too radically different. Because one of the biggest problems that I find when I'm in looking at 
science fiction and fantasy is that we allow our imaginations to run wild and we end up creating things that don't fit in the same setting. They don't feel like they belong in the same world. It's important that all of the creatures, all of the species, all of the cities, all of the planets that you build feel like they can exist together and that they should exist together. It's important for us to write our stories from a place of grounded realism, no matter how strange they are. Now, by grounded realism, I'm not talking about that horrible idea of everything needs to be based 100% in reality and you can't be imaginative at all because imagination is a violation of physics. No, I'm not talking about that. That that's That's crazy talk. If that's the kind of story that you want to write, then definitely write that kind of story. When I say grounded realism, I mean that you have established certain parameters for how your world works, how your setting works, and that they are consistent throughout the narrative. From beginning to end, characters have a certain core identity that they don't violate. From beginning to end, the world operates in pretty much the same way. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't have deep surprises somewhere back in the distance. That doesn't mean that you can't allow yourself to explore other things that haven't come up before, but they need to feel like they are a part of the universe that you're dealing with. So knowing the setting that I am developing, knowing the world that I'm working in, I know that there are certain dark elements that I want to explore in future stories. Possibly not in this one, though, there is room for one. And what I'm talking about is some kind of a Lovecraftian horror at the heart of the story. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen in this book or not, but I know that it is something that is a possibility in this setting. I'm, I'm very strong about that. So I need to make sure that there is room for that. So whether or not a creature like that exists in this story the characters should know that it is a threat, that it is a possibility. And even if it's one of the red herring possibilities that comes up, it should be there. So that if, in a future book, one does show up, they're not coming out of nowhere. If there are giant titanic monsters in your setting that do not care about the people, whose goals and dreams and ambitions are so far beyond our understanding that we are mere ants to them. There's a chance, a good chance, that they've acted before. Even if it's just in the mythology of the characters, or maybe even in just a part of their religion, or just a folktale, or something that they say. Just an aphorism that's retained from a darker time when they were more active. If that's a possibility that you want, it has to be set up and it has to be built into the universe. And so the character tab is a very good place to be thinking about that and asking yourself exactly how those impacts are going to play into your story. The next tab is the locations tab. Now you've already heard me say that I will often use the character tab to talk about cities, planets, things of that nature, nations, states. I do, because they're not really locations. A location is the actual set 
in which the story takes place. And this, I think, is a very important thing for us to do as writers, to make sure that we have a good, firm understanding of the place where our story happens. What does it look like? What does it feel like? One of the great problems in my fiction is I'm either writing Gormenghast, where you know every little detail, a little bit too much, that I have to edit it down, or I'm writing White Rooms. You know, where there's nothing in there. It's like the, that scene in The Matrix, where they're in the construct waiting for something to be formed. And you have to find the balance. And the best way to find that is to have a place where you describe every little detail, so you know where it is. Maybe you draw a map, maybe you just write out an extended paragraph so that you know. But it is important for us to do this. It is important for us to know every little nuance about the setting and the locations. So we don't have rooms suddenly appear and disappear. We don't have exits suddenly appear and disappear. If at the beginning of the scene, they walk in and notice that there's two exits in the back, all hell breaks loose and they need an escape and Suddenly, the only entrance and exit is the one that they came in. Well, that can still be true if the other two are blocked somehow, if they're locked, if they can't get the doors open. But you previously said that there were two exits in the back. And yes, that's something you can pick up in post. That's something you can pick up in the editing and fix. But it's so much nicer if you at least have an idea of what the place looks like ahead of time so that you're not trapping yourself in your story. <laughs> You're not writing yourself into a dead end. Now, here in the location, it's very simple. You get to mark it as an interior and exterior, give it a description, and give it notes and a name. It's very simple, straightforward. You can also add a picture. Plots. This is where Story Planner really starts to shine. You give a plot a title, you assign it a color. That's very important. Pick a color that means something to you. You can assign it what type of plot it is. Is it a main plot? Is it a subplot? Is it a parallel plot? And then you give it a description, a goal, and then you have a note section. Why is this important? Because when you actually get into your scenes, which is the last tab, you can assign multiple plots to one scene to help you track through the story. Now, the main scene, the main plot is the one that will show up in the color, but as you're looking through your scenes very quickly, it's easy to notice if you're spending too much time on a story, not enough time on a story, and the statistics tab will tell you that. You can see exactly how many scenes each of your plot lines actually appears in and get an idea of how the f they flow throughout the story. That is so helpful. That is so wonderful. And it is something that we should be doing because Keeping track of our plots and our subplots and our parallel plots will shape how we understand the greater story and how we understand the plot, the, the actual scenes that we're plotting out. So I, I, I love this feature and I kind of wish it was a little bit more robust, but it does what it needs to do. And that's it really. But the best part of this whole process is after you've gone through and you've done all this work, it exports to Scrivener. And I don't know if you're like me, but I don't know how I would write a book without Scrivener anymore. I've used it for too long 
and I love it so much, and it works so well for everything that I do. That ability to just export my file to Scrivener when I'm done and have all of my starting points right there, that is the super selling feature for me. And like I said, this is not a sponsored thing. I just love Story Planner, and I'm using it a lot right now, and I thought I would share my process with you. It is Fiction Friday after all. So hopefully you found this helpful. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear me address on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, I would love to hear from you. If you would rather hit me up on social media, I am C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot, and if you haven't subscribed or followed yet, why not do that? I do this five times a week. If you haven't a buck you can pass my way, it really does help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link both to listener support and to my Patreon. Thank you to everyone who already does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know somebody that you think would like either this podcast or any of the work that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you could possibly know. I was surprised when I looked at my statistics the other day at how much you all listen to these writing episodes. So I would love to hear from you as to what you would like me to talk about more on this subject, because it's a topic that I'm fascinated by. And really, there's an infinite number of things that I could talk about. So please do get in touch with me so I know what you would like to hear. Because honestly, until I looked at my statistics and saw how well listened to and received these episodes generally are, I I felt like they were just an intrusion into the show. And apparently you all like them more than I thought you did. So thank you. That's awesome. I guess that's it for today. If you do have any ideas that you would like to share, please do do that. That helps out immensely. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.